time in a few weeks. We had Thanksgiving. I was in New York last week. And uh, here we are, back to normal, rocking and rolling here on the Football Friday Show, presented by our friends over at Superbook Sports. But before we get started with all the football stuff, before we get started with the betting, I uh, just want to take a moment to just acknowledge what has happened over the last 24 hours or so. Obviously, the uh, passing of former Denver Bronco wide receiver Demarius Thomas. Um, just an awful, awful set of circumstances for all Denver Broncos fans, uh, you know, all football fans, really. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, I grew up watching. As, I moved to Colorado in the year 2012, and Demarius Thomas was the idol of this team, right? You, you, you could talk about the Tim Tebow catch. You could talk about his integral role on those on that Super Bowl 50 team. You could talk about his relationship uh, with Peyton Manning. I, I mean, there's just not enough good things that you could say about Demarius Thomas. I never covered him personally, but, uh, you know, just, just knowing what he meant to this organization, what he meant to this fan base, what he meant to the football community, and obviously just such a tragic set of circumstances involving the former Bronco wide receiver as he passes away um, at the young age of 33. So just my condolences to all of his family members, anyone that is a fan of Demarius Thomas. I know Broncos country and the football fandom um, as a whole is hurting today. So um, instead of our you know usual little setup here, I thought it would be appropriate to thank you to Andrew for the idea behind the glass um, to go ahead and bring out one of our old magazines that features Demarius Thomas on the cover. I believe this is the football 2017 issue but we also have another one that we'll probably swap out um, a great picture of Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker so we'll swap that out in the middle of the program as well just uh you don't want to do our best to remember the legacy of Demarius Thomas the life of Demarius Thomas and obviously uh the incredible positive impact that he had on numerous amounts of people so um again just my condolences out to the family I know Broncos country is hurting and you know life is very short so for anyone out there that's listening watching uh whatever you may be whatever you may be doing just do yourself a favor do me a favor everyone a favor go give your loved ones um a big hug and a kiss whatever you got to do just life is so so valuable and we've got to cherish it as uh, we lose former Denver Bronco wide receiver Demarius Thomas at the age of 33 so okay it is a football show. We're not going to be sad all day. Let's go ahead and try to make some money. Let's try to have some fun. Um, as I said, this is my first show back in the studio setup in about two or three weeks. Thanksgiving passed. I was in New York last week for a convention, but now we're back to business. And we're into week 14 of the football season, and we're, we're in the meat of it now. I mean, we're getting close to the playoffs. Some of the games we're going to talk about today have massive playoff implications. So uh, let's go ahead and do that. The games we'll talk about are going to be the San Francisco Fraudy Niners. I called them that for a reason. You saw it last week against uh, Seattle. And uh, so we'll talk about their matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that I'm down on generally. Uh, so we'll talk about that here off the bat. We also got to talk about my Cowboys against the Washington football team. Newsflash, I'm actually fading the Cowboys this week. And uh, we've got a marquee matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that we'll dive into as well. And of course, we'll end it with your Denver Broncos and their matchup against the Detroit Lions. But before we dive into all of that, guys, if you're looking for a place to get your sports bets in, you really are doing yourself a disservice if you're betting sports in Colorado and you don't have, I don't know, four or five different sports books at your disposal. If you're looking to add a new sports book to the mix here, look no further than our friends over at Superbook Sports, guys. The lower third graphic, like right down here, I think, in the uh, processing world. But uh, they're going to match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to 500 bucks. meaning if you deposit 100 bucks, you're going to get an extra $100 to bet with. You deposit 250 they'll give you 250 They're going to match your deposit dollar for dollar up to 500 bucks, guys. It is a fantastic way to go, uh, go ahead and kind of build up your bankroll here um, if you're signing up with a new sports book and uh, away we go plenty of football to talk about and of course if you also want to bet the basketball the hockey they've got great lines on all the other sports besides the NFL as well but uh, okay first game for the football Friday show this is actually the first game I think I wrote about in the primer as well which you can read it on mylifesports.com uh, coming up this afternoon We've seen quite a bit of line movement with this one. So San Francisco traveling on the road to the Cincinnati Bengals. 
both of these teams coming off losses, and we'll kind of dissect both of these losses here in a second. Uh, but this line opened up Cincinnati minus one and is now completely flip-flopped on itself. You're getting San Francisco. When I was writing yesterday, you could have got San Francisco minus one and a half. It's now up to San Francisco minus two at Superbook. So we've seen quite a bit of line movement with this one, uh, with Cincinnati opening as the favorite, now as the short underdog, uh, obviously making San Francisco the slight favorite here. We've also got a total of 49 points for this one. I think that this has a potential shootout written all over it. But, you know, as I said, both of these two teams coming off, you know, pretty bad losses last week. But I put a lot more stock into the Bengals' loss, right? So Cincinnati lost to the Chargers last week. Hopefully you read the primer because we were on the Chargers in that one. And uh, San Francisco lost to Seattle. So San Francisco, in my opinion, in that game last week, really shot themselves in the foot. And I think it was more about mistakes, poor play, missed opportunities for San Francisco than it was Seattle just being the better team overall. Whereas I look at the Cincinnati game against the Chargers, and yes, Cincinnati didn't play great out of the gate, but it took them a minute to wake up, right? And I know the Chargers have been one of these teams that have kind of underachieved uh, to a degree to the, you know, earlier on in this season. I think the Bengals just got straight up beat, whereas I think San Francisco kind of pissed the game away. Uh, you know, you're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo getting two turnovers. They gave up the touchdown on the fake punt. Um, you know, there was just a lot of factors. Uh, two, I think two roughing the passer calls in that one as well for San Francisco on defense that, you know, extended some drives for Seattle. Game goes to overtime the whole nine. San Francisco had more than enough opportunities to, you know, put the clamps on this game against uh, Seattle last week and put them to bed. They couldn't do it. Now they travel to, uh, to uh, Cincinnati this week to take on the Bengals and I still you know the Bengals are a team I think their true colors have shown you know kind of shined here a little bit over the portion of this season and I think last week against the Chargers you know there was plenty of causes for concern with this Bengals team so um, looking at this one though I think a lot of it is going to come down to health and you know the big question mark here is going to be the condition of Joe Burrow remember he has a finger injury last week manages to come back into the game says it's not really affecting him all that much um, but at the end of the day a starting quarterback with a hurt finger on his throwing hand is never anything that's going to make you sleep well at night so that's certainly something you got to keep an eye on here um, but San Francisco's offense at the same token here because even if, if Joe Burrow isn't able to run up the score play effectively if him and Jamar Chase can't get going on the outside I mean you've got to look at San Francisco's offense as an offensive unit here that can potentially throttle this Bengals team right San Francisco averaging 29 and a half points over their last four games and that loss last week to Seattle snapped a three-game losing streak for them so you know they really were able to kind of propel themselves back into the playoff hunt playoff push uh, with some pretty solid play over the last few games a couple of trends here as well the over is five and one in the 49ers last six games as a favorite and the over is also five and one in the Bengals last six games straight up so we've got a total of 49 and while I am a little concerned about Joe Burrow's finger I think you saw him play all right there in the second half against the Chargers last week he should be okay all things considered which makes me think the which makes which makes me think the Bengals offense should be able to put up some points and with a total of 49 I believe we've seen this move up slightly over the week uh, I don't want to say it's low-hanging fruit but it seems like it's it's, it's it's a manageable number for these two offenses that have some boom potential. If they both boom on the same day, I think you can see this game potentially go over the 49 as well. But like I said, I, I think there's going to be a lot of questions about the injuries here for this one in regards to where you're going to go. So we've seen this line move a little bit in favor of San Francisco. I would say if you want to take San Francisco, probably do that sooner rather than later. I would much rather play to, prefer to play them at minus one and a half as opposed to minus the two. But uh, that's how the lines move sometimes. But uh, for the Bengals, the three players you've got to keep an eye on here are going to be Trey Hopkins, Riley Reef, and uh, Chidobe. I can't say his last name. Owuzi, or his first name. Owuzi, the old cowboy cornerback, also played for the CU Buffs, the cornerback. Um, Hopkins and Reef did not play last week, and you saw Joe Burrow get sacked, I believe, six times. They both were limited in practice this week, so no game status for them yet. Uh, but you got to keep an eye on them. And Awuzie, if they don't have him on the outside, they're going to be down one of their best cornerbacks as well. Cincinnati will be 
On the flip side, you're looking at a 49ers team um, that is also dealing with some injuries of their own, in particular Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel. And I think the availability of Debo Samuel is going to be absolutely critical in this one for San Francisco. Um, In addition to being one of their most effective wide receivers, Debo also leads, is not leads, he's second uh, second on the team in rushing yards. So um, he's a dual threat opportunity, or he's a dual dual threat player, excuse me, for the San Francisco 49ers on the offensive side of the ball. And I think if if he's hobbled, if he's not playing close to 100%, I think that's going to, you know, potentially limit. Jimmy G's um, weapons on offense, right? And I think if you have a full, not a fully healthy, but a relatively healthy 49ers team with Kittle, with Debo Samuel, with Elijah Mitchell, with some of, the other, with, with some of these other guys, I think the 49ers have a really good opportunity uh, to come out and win this game outright. So a couple more trends here. The Cincinnati Bengals, they're 2-4 and four against the spread at home this season. So the Bengals have been a much better team to back on the road and back as an underdog than a favorite. And, uh, you know, that's definitely something that I'm keeping in mind here. You also have to look at the coaching matchup here. I'm pretty down on Zach Taylor, all things considered. I like Kyle Shanahan. Maybe I'm not as bullish and as high on him as other people are, but I think that there's a clear coaching advantage skewing towards San Francisco here. And you look, these two teams played uh, under these two head coaches two years ago. San Francisco won that game 41-17. to Obviously, that was before Joe Burrow came to town, but that was with a Zach Taylor-led Bengals team and a Kyle Shanahan-led 49ers team. And this game wasn't even close. And I mean, I think San Francisco is still relatively close to the same team they were a couple years ago. And, you know, obviously Cincinnati has improved, but we're looking at this as a relatively coin flip game on either side here. I think you can play San Francisco minus 130 on the money line as well if you want to just get rid of the spread and, uh, you know, minimize your risk there as well. Obviously, you got to lay a little bit more, but... um I just think, like I said, looking back at how these two teams have been playing in recent time, I think San Francisco had a little bit more of a, uh, not a, what's the word? They just didn't, they didn't come to play. You know, they weren't locked in. They, 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 they killed themselves, right? San Francisco beat themselves up in the end. It was a very winnable game for them against Seattle last week that unfortunately they were unable to, you know, get right, put their best foot forward and, and, and you know, continue this win streak. Whereas I think the Bengals just got straight out beat by the Chargers last week. I think the Bengals are a very beatable team. And at the end of the day, you know, if you've read the primers, if you listen to the shows, you know that I'm down on Cincinnati, uh, you know, kind of as a whole, and I'm waiting for the Zach Taylor coaching blunder to occur. And I think that Kyle Shanahan is just so far superior of a head coach to compare to Zach Taylor. And I think the rosters are close to even, throwing the fact that Joe Burrow's a little hobbled by the injury right now. And I'm going to go ahead and take a look at the San Francisco 49ers this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I understand that Cincinnati's at home, but again, they're only 2-4 and four against the spread this season in Cincinnati. We've seen Kyle Shanahan he's good at playing in the East Coast time slot for a West Coast team I expect this team to come up and I also expect Jimmy Garoppolo to bounce back he had two interceptions last week I expect their special teams to tighten up as well you can't give up a fake touchdown or a fake punt for a touchdown Uh, you've got to sharpen up some of your plays as well if you can eliminate the roughing the passer calls if you can sharpen yourself up on special teams and if Jimmy Garoppolo can find Debo Samuel assuming he's healthy George Kittle over the middle I believe uh, in the last three or four games Jimmy Garoppolo is averaging about 10 yards per attempt and 15 yards per completion if that keeps up, I think this is San Francisco's game for sure. So I'll take a look at them. Minus one and a half. I like that a lot more than I like minus two, so I consider buying it down. But I do kind of like the idea as well of just taking this straight out on the money line. San Francisco minus 130 at Superbook Sports. Just fair price, little juice. I'll lay it. I think that's the way to go. I think San Francisco is a better team in this one, and I think there's a clear distinction advantage for San Francisco in the head coaching department. So that's my first game here uh, for the Football Friday show that we're taking a look at. I'm on the San Francisco Friday Niners, believe it or not, against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. I just think that San Francisco is the better team here and a little bit healthier, all things considered. So we'll see how this one plays out, but uh, that is the first game that we'll talk about here on the Football Friday show. So let's hit a break, and when we come back, we will talk about the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Washington football team 
and the Buffalo Bills matchup with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Two really intriguing games on the slate, and I'm feeling pretty good about my picks and leans for this one as well. So let's hit a break. When we come back, we'll do just that. This is the Football Friday Show presented by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Anilo Piro. Back in just a few minutes. All righty. Welcome on back to the Football Friday Show presented by Superbook Sports. Hey, guys, look, you need more than one sports book when it comes to uh, getting your action in on Sunday. So do yourself a favor. Add Superbook Sports to your sports betting mix, guys. They're going to match your first deposit up to 500 bucks dollar for dollar, meaning if you give them 500 bucks, they're going to give you an additional 500, uh, 500 bucks to bet with. If you don't want to be a big baller, you can give them 100 they'll give you 100 50 for 50 all the way up to 500 bucks. guys. They're going, to match, they're going to match your first deposit. And that's honestly, in my opinion, the best way to get a look at a sports book, right? Or at least find one that you want to bet with long-term is how are they going to get you through the door? What is their you know welcome offer? How are they going to make you feel a part of the family, right? And in my opinion... There is no better sign-up promotion in town right now than what our friends over at Superbook have running for the rest of the football season. At the moment, they're going to match your first deposit dollar for dollar. $1 for $1, $2 for $2, all the way up to 500 bucks when you sign up using our friends Superbook Sports. Great lines, local sportsbook. And hey, there's a big UFC card coming up this weekend, UFC 269. You've got Charles Oliveira. Dustin Poirier in the main event. They're going to be showing the fight up at the Lodge Casino at the in-person Superbook Sports Book. So if you're looking for a place to watch that fight, maybe get your action in on Saturday night for Sunday morning, check out the Lodge Casino up in Blackhawk where our friends over at Superbook have a brand new brick-and-mortar sportsbook location. It is absolutely sensational. Okay, um, so in this segment, we're going to go ahead and talk about the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington football team and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but before we do that, a game that I was considering a lean on or a play on was the Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers. And at the end of the day, you're getting the Green Bay Packers laying 12 and a half points here. And the only reason why I'm not playing Green Bay here is I do think it's too many points, but not enough points for me to justify taking the Chicago Bears led by Matt Nagy, even though Justin Fields is going to be back in the saddle for Chicago. Um, just looking at some of these stats here, you know, the Packers, they beat Chicago by 10 earlier this year. We gave that one out on the show. That was an absolute lock. And it's just... Green Bay can easily throttle them. I believe in the last 10 head-to-head matchups in Green Bay, they're 7-3 and three against the spread the Packers are. I mean, quite literally, Aaron Rodgers, uh, words that I'm not going to use on the show, but, you know, the, uh, the Bears are his little brother. We'll put it that way. He has absolutely dominated this head-to-head matchup uh, over time. Yes, Green Bay 7-3 and three last 10 versus Chicago at home. And, uh, you know, the only thing that makes me kind of balk here is there, there's it just seems like things have been going really smooth for Green Bay. They're 10 and two this season against the spread. Chicago's four and eight this season. ATS Green Bay has the best record against the spread in the league right now. And this is going to be a primetime game. Right. So, you know, all lights, all the spotlights going to be on Green Bay. And they're obviously the far superior team here. I'm not considering taking Chicago, but there are a couple things that do make me balk at the 12 and 12 and a half points. I mean, we're almost talking two touchdowns here in a December game that is going to be played outside at Lambeau Field. And, I mean, just that alone. You'd also throw in the fact that this is a spread of 12.5 with a game total of 43.5. What is that telling you? I mean, your margins, are, your margins are thin here for this one. But the one thing that I keep uh, going back to with Chicago, and like I said, I'm not taking the Bears here. I was considering this game as a whole. But the Packers have played a couple big games in primetime this year. Those games being against San Francisco and Arizona, obviously both of those teams are far superior to the Chicago Bears. Uh, but the Packers only won those games, I believe, all, both of those games – was one I think one was a three-point victory and one was a two-point victory. So we've seen the Packers win some of these big games by double digits before, but in the two primetime games, which is going to be this game against the Bears as well, uh, the Packers have won in short order by three and two points respectively against San Francisco and Arizona. So 
I'm passing this game. I do kind of like the idea, though, of taking Green Bay in a teaser. I think you could tease them all the way down to, what, six and a half. And, uh, you know, I think that's maybe the better play here. Just 12 and a half points seems like way too many points. But if it was anybody but the Chicago Bears, I'd probably consider taking the points here. Just because, like I said, looking at Green Bay at 10 and 2 ATS, all good things do, you know, come to an end. The bottom's going to fall out eventually. I'm not saying they're not going to cover the rest of the way, but this seems like an ugly spot for Chicago to try to cover a spread of 12 and a half, again, with a total of 43 and a half. So that's telling you, obviously, odds makers aren't thinking about the Bears very much um, in regards to their potential. But cold weather game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers also hobbled with his toe injury. Like, how healthy is he going to be? 12 and a half points just seems like a lot of points this late in the year against a Bears team that, you know, is not very good, but they really have underachieved. And now they're going to get Justin Fields back. And uh, there's a reports coming out that he's embracing the underdog role and whatnot and so on and so forth. So uh, I like the idea of teasing the Packers down on this one. Don't have an official player, an official lean for this one. Just uh, 12 and a half points seems like way too many. But if you want to take the Chicago Bears, God bless your soul. Uh, I will probably not be riding with you, but I'm praying for you. I support you. I'm pulling for you. If you want to go ahead and take the points for Chicago, be my guest. You're a lot braver than I am. And uh, away we go on that one. But, okay, let's transition over here. we got the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Washington football team. And this is a game as a Cowboys fan that just makes me want to throw up. I, I, I mean, this is a game that makes me nauseated from a mile away. Because especially with Mike, what, what uh, Mike McCarthy came out and said this week about, oh, I'm confident we're going to win this game. Uh, you know, we're going to come out hard. We're the better team. And uh, yeah, Stop, Mike McCarthy. I mean, you are going to be the reason why this team falls short in the playoffs. I'm telling you that right now. This team drives me absolutely insane. And I put zero, zero stock into their win against the Saints last week. Thankfully, they were able to go in, get a win against a New Orleans team that is down and out, playing on the backside of a bad season. Thankfully, they were able to get that job done while Dak Prescott threw the interception late. It's just, there's a lot of question marks with this Cowboys team. And I do not like the idea of laying four and a half points on the road against a division opponent, against a well-coached team led by Ron Rivera with Taylor Heineke, who's kind of a gamer. I just, it, there's a lot of bad, 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 bad vibes that I'm getting from this Cowboys game. And this also just feels like a prototypical letdown spot for Dallas. Like, this just seems like, you know, obviously they're the favorite for the reason. I can see them losing this game outright. I can also see them running away and winning this thing like 30 to 10. You know, I could really see this going either way. But I'm not banking on the Dallas Cowboys right now, man. And I'm a self-proclaimed fan. I mean, I guess you could call me a fan. I love this team to death, but this is a line, this is a spread that just really is not making me feel very confident. I'm usually someone that has confidence in this team every given week. I like the way that Washington is playing right now, and I don't like the way that Dallas' offense is playing. I really don't. I know that they got the win against New Orleans last week, but come on. It's just, it's, they didn't do anything for me. I mean, they just, they look the same. There's nothing exciting about this Dallas team right now. Dak Prescott has really kind of been an average quarterback for majority of his uh, majority of the season this this year. Um, that said, though, historically he has played some of his best football against the Washington Football Team. A, a passer rating of 111.2. He's got a, uh, 1800 over 1800 passing yards and 13 touchdowns. And uh, you know he has done a pretty good job of cleaning up against this team. But this is a kind of new look Washington team. Obviously they were a lot better last year. Well, not a lot better, but they were good last year. You know they're pretty competitive this year. Taylor Heineke settling in as their quarterback. And this just screams danger to me. I mean, if this was Dallas minus two and a half, minus three, I'm considering it. And I mean, I, I did think a little bit of Dallas minus four, but it's all the way up to Dallas minus four and a half now on Superbook. And at that number, zero percent chance I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys here. Uh, looking at a couple trends here for this head-to-head -head matchup as well. Uh, the home team, five and two against the spread in their last seven. Obviously, division opponents are going to play each other twice a year. These trends are good in my book. And the underdog, 29 and 13 in the last 42 games played between these two. I really feel like it's never a bad idea to take the underdog here. And in a year where we've seen so much parity, 
do you really think the Dallas Cowboys are going to go out there and take care of business? Do you really think the Dallas Cowboys are going to go out there and stomp on somebody's throat? You know what Washington does? Washington plays smash-mouth football. Washington is going to get up in your face. They're going to play physical, and that is the exact kryptonite of this undisciplined Dallas Cowboys team. When Dallas gets pushed around, they get pushed around. They are not great at the in-game adjustments. Mike McCarthy makes me scared as the head coach, and I like Ron Rivera. And look, I'm not trying to say I'm bullish on Washington by any stretch of the means, but they are 6-6. Six and six. And Dallas, you know, they're in the driver's seat here to win the division. They need this game. But I don't think that Washington is... I don't think the gap between Washington and Dallas is all that much. Not necessarily from a talent perspective, but we know that Dallas lays eggs over and over and over and over and over and over again. How many times are we going to see this team blow a game that they should win? How many times are we going to see this team not play to the level of their, or you know, play down to the level of their competition? I am not touching the Dallas Cowboys whatsoever this week. It's Washington football team or pass for me in this game. Uh, just Washington has they're playing good defense. They're getting a good pass rush, and I just I'm not sold on what I'm seeing from this Dallas offense right now. Oh, they played good against the Saints last week. This is a division game. It's December, and if Washington can stick in this game and get a win. This division is going to become a little interesting as we go down the stretch here. So, look, I am a Cowboy fan saying this, and I usually have supreme confidence for this team. Not this week. I am not on them at all. And, look, like I said, I can see them running up the score. I can see them having a good performance. Uh, but, you know, right now is not the time to go ahead and back the Dallas Cowboys, in my opinion. So I'll take a look at the Washington football team uh, in this game against uh, the Dallas Cowboys. I just, I just can't do it. I don't care what Dak Prescott's numbers are. Uh, I am not nearly as confident as I was in this team four or five weeks ago. So that that's kind of my thoughts on Dallas and Washington. Um, I just, again, the trends, home team 5-2 and two ATS in the last seven games, and the underdog is 29-13 and 13 in the last 42 ATS. And, I mean, Washington is not just the underdog, but the home underdog playing pretty well with a chance at the playoffs. And we know that Dallas loves, loves to drop the ball in the letdown spot. So uh, I'm taking a look at the Washington football team this week on Superbook Sports. Okay. Uh, let's do one more before we hit a break and talk about the Denver Broncos game against the Detroit Lions. And this is probably the marquee game on the schedule. we got the Buffalo Bills and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You've got Tampa Bay now laying three and a half points at home against Buffalo. What the hell was that performance from Buffalo last week against New England? I mean, you have a prime opportunity at home against the what I thought was the remnants of the evil empire, which is obviously now alive and well. I mean, they've come back to life. And, and Buffalo, I understand it was crappy conditions, but you got to get the job done there, man. And I'm so down on Buffalo right now. Josh Allen and Sean McDermott looked like a bunch of teenagers out there complaining about how cold it was while Bill Belichick and Mac Jones went to work. Remember the narrative about how Mac Jones has never played in snow and that tweet was going around on Twitter? I mean, if anyone put any stock into that, I, it's, just, it's crazy to see how well coached this Patriots team can be sometime. And look, I know Buffalo had opportunity, blah, blah. They lost the game. And to be honest with you guys, Buffalo has not had a single marquee victory this season except for against the Kansas City Chiefs earlier this year. Every single quality opponent the Buffalo Bills have faced this year except Kansas City has resulted in a big fat L for the Buffalo Bills. That's what's going on in Buffalo right now. Uh, losses to the Patriots, Colts, Jaguars, Titans, and Steelers. Outside of the Jaguars, all of those teams are pretty respectable. And I know that the Pittsburgh Steelers played a disgusting game last night, but I mean, you know, they've been in some of these, right? Again, Buffalo, this year alone, losses to the Patriots, Colts, and Titans. Three teams that they're going to probably come into crash course with at some point or another if they're going to want to try to make a run to the Super Bowl. I have no confidence right now in the Buffalo Bills, and now they get to go play a buzzsaw team in the Tampa Bay Buuccaneers, who if they win this game at home, clinch the, a of the NFC South Division title for the first time in a long time. So, not a good matchup here for Buffalo, and if I've learned anything over time, 
you really got to convince me. You've got to give me some black and white concrete information for me to go the other way and bet against Tom Brady or bet against Bill Belichick. Uh, moving forward, I learned my lesson after Monday Night Football. Um, and honestly, you know, I talk about some of the quality opponents that Buffalo has played this season and lost to. On the flip side, you've got Tampa Bay with wins over teams like Dallas, Indianapolis, and New England. And I understand that New England victory and the Dallas one as well wasn't all that convincing, but a win is a win. And I mean, you know, common opponent here. The Bills lose to the Patriots last week. They've also lost to the Colts, two teams that Tampa Bay has already beat this season. Tampa Bay is the much more polished team at this point in time. And you know what this is almost a product of? Buffalo the last two years has been on kind of this ascension, right? And last year they really start taking the league by storm. You know what happens when that happens? You get a more difficult schedule the next season. And maybe they're kind of succumbing to some of this pressure, some of the expectations, but I'm not in on Buffalo right now. Uh, looking at this one as well, like I said, Tampa Bay up to minus three and a half on Superbook Sports right now. Uh, Tampa has covered their last four games at home as a favorite. So let's see if that trend can kind of keep going here as well. And of course, we've got to talk about the great narrative of Tom Brady's historical dominance over the Buffalo Bills. He's faced the Buffalo Bills 35 times in his career, Tom Brady. He has won 32 of those games. 32 of 35 games Tom Brady has won against the Buffalo Bills. Oh, and he also hasn't lost in nine consecutive matchups against Buffalo. So uh, if there's anyone that Tom Brady knows how to defeat and defeat big, it's the Buffalo Bills. That's obviously got to be taken into consideration here as well. And uh, away we go. So, you know, this is an interesting situation because it, it, it is going to come down at the end of the day, I think, to the play of Josh Allen. And if Josh Allen can get his head on straight and start playing good football again, you're going to see this team with an opportunity to cover the spread and honestly probably win outright against this Tampa Bay team. Uh, in the last five games for Josh Allen, he's thrown nine touchdowns to go with nine turnovers. I believe it's uh, seven interceptions and two fumbles in that span. So not great protection of the football from quarterback Josh Allen. But looking at this game, the only thing that makes me want to take Buffalo is that they have their backs against the wall, that they are in dire need of a victory here. I mean, a loss here, and, and they're just right in the mix of all these teams in the, in the AFC playoff picture. You're looking at the Patriots running away with this division right now if there's a loss here for Buffalo. So uh, that is the only thing that makes me consider wanting to back Buffalo here. I'm just really down on them right now. This is another quality opponent that they're going to go up against, and who's to say they can beat this one? The one quality win for Buffalo this year was against Kansas City, and that was when Kansas City, that was what, I think week four, week five, when Kansas City was still kind of in that early season rut they're a much different team now than they were uh, early on in the season so I was also talking about this with Danny I don't know if he could hear me what is a buffalo like what is a bill is that like another word for like a buffalo like because it's like obviously or is it I, I, basically what I'm trying to say is they've got to get tunnel but you got to see the bills go they got to dig in they got to get locked in. Josh Allen's got to come out firing, and they got to play a damn good game if they want to win this one. I'm on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and to me, there's no other way to slice it. I just, I'm not going to go ahead and bet against greatness. I'm not going to go ahead and bet against the GOAT. And again, this is a Buffalo team that has quality, you know, lost to quality team after quality team after quality team. Buffalo losses to the Patriots, Colts, Jaguars, Titans, and Steelers. The one team they've beat that's worth a damn this season is the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's when the Chiefs were playing in the cellar. I'm taking a look at the GOAT, taking a look at Tom Brady. I like it a lot more at three than I do three and a half, so I'd consider buying it back down. Probably get your bets in sooner rather than later. But look, if Buffalo comes out, plays a good game, wins outright, good for them. They probably should. We all know they're talented enough. I'm not betting on it, especially this week with Tampa Bay at home. Again, their last four games for Tampa Bay at home as a favorite they've covered. I'm not betting against that. And they can go ahead and clinch the division with a victory this week. So I'm on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for this game against the Buffalo Bills. So... All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Denver Broncos matchup against the Detroit Lions. Should the Denver Broncos be 10-point favorites against anybody? Seriously, I, I don't know if they should be. 
So uh, <laughs> I got the trends. I've got the data. We'll talk about it next uh, right here on the Football Friday Show presented by our friends at Superbook Sports. And if you're looking for a place to sign up with, guys, you got to get in with Superbook. They're going to match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to 500 bucks. So do yourself that favor. And if you're looking for a place to watch UFC 269 this weekend, you can get up to the Lodge Casino where you can see uh, Charles Oliveira and uh, Dustin Poirier throw down. So good stuff. Let's hit a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Denver Broncos and the Detroit Lions right here on the Football Friday Show presented by Superbook Sports. All right, welcome back. Just sending out the final tweet here real quick. All right, Football Friday presented by Superbook Sports. Uh, before we dive into that, switched out the cover for you guys just so you could see uh, another cover featuring the late, great Demarius Thomas. Obviously, the uh, unfortunate news coming down last night, uh, passing away at the age of 33 and just a really unfortunate set of circumstances for uh, one of the greatest receivers in franchise history. I mean, there's no other way to put it. And, and look, I know... I talked to a lot of people, man. I mean, outside of the Super Bowl victories, it's really hard to find a more exciting, exhilarating moment in Denver sports, period, um, than the Tim Tebow, you know, catch with Demarius Thomas. And it's just just awful news across the board. So just before we put a bow on it, before we get back into the betting and the, you know, all that, the fun stuff, I uh, just want to take a moment to acknowledge the passing of Demarius Thomas, one of the best players ever in franchise history. Uh, his number 88 will be adorned forever. Uh, always synonymous with DT and unfortunate situation as he passes away at the age of 33. But it's not all bad. We still got the magazine to kind of, you know, let the legacy live through. And this is a cool cover, man. You got DT and Eric Decker. Uh, obviously, I think this is our football 2013, 2014, I want to say. I'm not sure off the top. Um, but, you know, just it, it, it's cool to look at this stuff. And, and that's why I love our magazine here at My Life Sports, because we, we had the other one on for the first two segments. And, you know, you pick those up and it's just a little blast from the past. Remember, you know, what was going on at that specific time in Denver sports. And, you know, we've done a lot of great work, a lot of great coverage about Demarius Thomas. And uh, it's very unfortunate that, you know, he's no longer here with us. But thankfully, we had the opportunity uh, to cover him, be around him, witness his impact, you know, uh, Ryan Green, who works for CBS, put out some of the most heartfelt emotional video clips that I've ever seen. Uh, just, you know, about DT, the person, the smile shines bright. Uh, just really just, it's tragic. It, it, there's really nothing more to say other than rest in peace to Marius Thomas. And thank you for your contribution. You made a lot of people happy. You made a lot of people smile. And uh, thank you for, you know, bringing that to the table for Broncos country, football fans, sports fans, and anyone whose path you may have crossed in your life. Uh, so thank you for that. So rest in peace to DT. Uh, and here is our uh, little honoree i guess you could say uh with uh, Derek, uh eric decker on the cover so all right final game and speaking of demarius thomas and speaking of the broncos let's talk about the orange and blue they've got themselves a game against the detroit lions of all teams who got their first win of the season last week at the minnesota vikings which is no surprise whatsoever but uh denver we've seen actually weird movement with this one i believe denver opened at minus eight uh, moved down to Denver minus seven and a half. And then over the last 48 hours or so, we've seen this number just balloon, balloon, balloon all the way up to Denver minus 10. Now, let me ask you this in your mind. Anyway, obviously you can't respond to me right now. Ask yourself, should Denver be a 10 point favorite against any team in the NFL right now? I, I, I don't care who it is. Seriously. Andrew's shaking his head. You know, I don't know if there's a team that they would be a 10 point favorite around. It's this or Jacksonville, which was earlier in the year, right? This is a winnable game for Denver. I mean, they, if they lose this game, my goodness. But 10 points, I mean, I'm going to have to balk at that. And especially, even Denver at minus 8 made me kind of think twice. Now that it's all the way up to minus 10, forget about it. Teddy Bridgewater is usually a quarterback that you want to back as an underdog on the road. And usually as an underdog, period. Not as a massive favorite. And obviously, we saw that Teddy Bridgewater was a little banged up last week, which I wish I would have known 
before I bet on the Broncos because I walked in here on Monday and I had people left and right telling me, oh, I would have told you Teddy was banged up. You shouldn't have bet the Broncos. Well, where was that information on Friday? Where was that information on Saturday? Everyone likes to, you know, lip that, blah. They don't want to tell you until after, the, you know, share your information, folks. But, uh, it's interesting stuff, and I think if Teddy Bridgewater is healthy here, you know, there's an opportunity for Denver to win this game and win them big, but I'm not sure where Teddy's health is at right now. But Denver as a home favorite honestly hasn't been that good either. 4-10-1 Denver is in their last uh, handful of games as a home favorite, last 15 games. Again, 4-10-1, the Broncos' record against the spread. They're laying 10 points. 10. Now, let's look at this matchup from an X's and O's perspective. The clear path to victory and the clear path to a cover for Denver here is if Vic Fangio gets pissed and absolutely blitzkriegs Jared Goff and company. We know that Jared Goff, when he has time, is decent. When Jared, when Jared Goff is getting pressured and he's got men in his face, he might be one of the worst quarterbacks of all time. This man cannot play under duress whatsoever. Altitude, shortness of breath is going to come into effect as well. If Denver's defense can scheme well and dominate the Detroit Lions, they can absolutely win this game. Kind of like I think the Eagles won, what, 44-6 to a handful of weeks ago. That's the recipe here for a Denver cover. They have to play exquisite defense, and they need to make Jared Goff's uh, life a living hell on earth. I mean, that, that is exactly what they have to do. I'm not supremely confident in their ability to do that. I do think that Denver is going to be able to limit Detroit to some field goals, and I know Detroit's a little banged up. But at the end of the day, you know, this is a Lions team that has been playing some pretty tight games, all things considered, right? They've only, they've lost by, um, what are they? I think they have 10 losses this year, 10 or 11 losses Detroit does. They've only lost by 10-plus points three times this season. Those losses coming against the Philadelphia Eagles, which we just talked about, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Green Bay Packers, right? Denver's probably wor for sure worse than the Bengals, or for sure worse than the Bengals, for sure worse than the Packers, and maybe on par right around the same tier as the Eagles. That game was at home for Detroit against Philadelphia as well. Now they're traveling on the road. I'm not trying to say Denver can't cover the spread. I just don't trust them to. And I understand that they have all these offensive moments. Oh, they're a quarterback away. Oh, if they just get a good quarterback, this team's going to win the Super Bowl. That's always the narrative, right? At the end of the day, they're still dealing with a Teddy Bridgewater that is still a little banged up. We've also got a total of 42 in this game. And, you know, these two teams played back in 2019, which obviously different rosters back then. Denver won that game by exactly 10 points by a score of 27 to 17. And Denver is just so, so bipolar. And honestly, I find myself just wanting to go ahead and follow these trends here. Denver, 4-10-1, last 15 games as a home favorite against the spread. They don't cover in this spot all that well. And I, it's just, in order for them to cover, they're going to have to play exceptional defense against this Lions team, which isn't out of the realm of possibility. But, you know, we've seen this Denver team let teams back into games. Also, special teams, right? What if Denver's defense plays exceptionally well, but uh, Tim McMahon and company, or Tom McMahon and company, you know, start you know doing their shenanigans on special teams? Maybe Detroit gets a quick touchdown off a return. I mean, these are all things you have to consider. Maybe Teddy Bridgewater is not playing very well like he did last week pick six short field position potential opportunity for Detroit I mean if Denver can play a sound offensive game and do what they've got to do on defense that is your path to a cover I'm just not sold on Denver's ability to do that right now even though they're coming off a loss so I'm taking a look at Detroit here plus the 10 not supremely confident in this one but at the end of the day like I said if there was a time to bet Denver it was going to be earlier in the week they were at minus eight uh, just a couple of days ago minus 10 to me too much movement two full points I can't touch it for a Broncos team that has been unreliable or hit or miss over the course of the season. And I understand that Detroit, 
is not the best team in the world. They have one win this season, which came last week. But I do like, you know, they're, they play scrappy sometimes. And I think that Denver's susceptible to a letdown type of game. I know they didn't play well last week, so it's hard to kind of let down after that. But I just don't have confidence in Denver to cover a 10-point spread right now. And maybe they do. Maybe Teddy Bridgewater comes out. Maybe the, maybe the Broncos' defense plays at an exceptional level, and away we go, and they manage to cover the spread. But at the end of the day, right now where I sit, I'm not trusting Denver. I'm not laying 10 with Denver. So I'm going to take a look at Detroit. If you wanted to bet Denver, it's probably best to do it earlier in the week when you could have got it at minus 8. But at 10, you can also consider teasing Denver down to like a minus four if you'd like to as well and try to lower it maybe put it in with another teaser and uh, there you go but that's kind of my thoughts on this one just a big boy spread for Denver the same Denver team that got obliterated against the Kansas City Chiefs last week and I understand the Lions have one win this season I'm just not laying 10 points with Teddy Bridgewater I'm not laying 10 points with Vic Fangio and I'm not laying 10 points with the Denver Broncos this week so Good stuff. Those are the games I wanted to talk about here for the Week 14 slate. Just to kind of recap what I'm on, I like San Francisco on the money line this week. They're sitting at minus 2 right now on Superbook. I don't hate that, but at minus 130 on the money line, a little bit less risk. I'll take a look at that one. I also lean towards the over 49 in uh, San Francisco-Cincinnati. Um, I, I'm not. We spent a little time on Packers-Bears. I'm passing that one entirely. I do like the idea of, well, I guess I say, look at me. I'm going to say I'm passing that one entirely, and then I'm going to talk about how I want to tease Green Bay down. So I'm passing the spread of 12.5 entirely, but I would consider teasing Green Bay down uh, here. I think they should beat the Bears, but it's a late game in December. 12.5 points just seems like too much, and I really think that this Bears team would still be on their losing streak had they not played the Lions a couple weeks ago on Thanksgiving. So uh, I like the Packers in a teaser. I'm going to go ahead and bet with the GOAT as well. I'm back in Tom Brady and the Buccaneers minus the three against the Buffalo Bills. I know that Buffalo's got their back against the wall. Uh, they need this win in the worst possible way, but Tampa with an opportunity to clinch the division crown, playing well. They've covered their last four games as a favorite at home, so I'm going to go ahead and back that. I don't want to bet against Brady here, so I like the minus three. It's at three and a half right now, so consider buying that half point back down. Uh, I'm fading my Cowboys. I'm on Washington this week. Uh, McCarthy basically came out guaranteed a W. That made me want to vomit, so I'm not touching them at all. I like Ron Rivera. I have a feeling Washington is going to come out, punch Dallas in the mouth. Dallas is going to get shell-shocked. Uh, Dak Prescott might go into a shell, and uh, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen with this one, but at four and a half points on the road for the Cowboys, give me the Washington football team, please. And uh, the final game here, like I just said, I'm on the Detroit Lions plus the 10. So if you're looking for a place to get your sports bets in, guys, look no further than our friends over at Superbook Sports. They're going to match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to 500 bucks. So if you give them 250, they'll give you 250. You give them 500, they'll give you 500, so on and so forth. They'll match it up to 500 bucks. It is an exceptional way to build up your bankroll here. So I think that's going to do it for me on this uh, Week 14 Football Friday show. I want to thank you guys very, very much for tuning in. You guys can listen to this whole uh, little show and podcast form on MyLifeSports.com after the fact. And I have my full written primer coming out on uh, MyLifeSports.com here in about an hour or so. So i got to go finish that up, and I'll have full thoughts, comprehensive thoughts on each and every NFL game from a betting perspective using odds, as always, from our friends over at Superbook Sports. So that's going to do it for me. Uh, just one last time. Rest in peace to Demarius Thomas. Thank you for the memories. Thank you for, you know, your service here in Colorado, what you did for Broncos country, and uh, just the, the, the memories that obviously come with that. Just a very unfortunate set of circumstances. So I uh, just wanted to take a moment once again to uh, remember the life and legacy of Demarius Thomas, all that he did for Broncos country. And, uh, you know, we try to have some fun here on the Football Friday show, uh, but I'd be lying if, you know, this isn't a typical Friday. It's, it's a tough one for all Denver sports fans. So. Uh, rest in peace to Demarius Thomas. But at the end of the day, I want to thank you guys very much for listening. Be sure to sign up with our friends over at Superbook Sports. Get that deposit bonus, and away we go. Week 14, let's get it. Mile High Sports.